Assalamu alaikum everyone and welcome to another exciting edition of MaxCast, the podcast about Muslim leaders and professionals thriving in various domains and speaking on successes and failures. My name is Daniel Sardar and I will be your host for today's session. Movies, we all love them. As entertaining as they are, they sometimes provide a temporary escape from reality. With so many emerging talents on the big screen, the Muslim community is also making its mark in the industry. They are telling their stories on the big screen, and some of them are right in our backyard. So, enter Asil Musa. Asil is a writer, actor, and filmmaker. She's worked on numerous films, including The Tiger Hunter and The Quick and Dirty. She's also acted in a variety of commercials, films, and series, including the TV show Mangoes, A Slice of Life. The Riveter magazine called Asil the hijab-wearing actress that you should know. Asil's short film, The Card, screened at film festivals worldwide and won the Windsor Endowment for the Arts Emerging Artists grant. The film was broadcast on CBC's TV show Absolutely Canadian and praised as a semi-finalist for CBC's TV competition, Short Film Face-Off. Asil was chosen for MPAC's screenwriting workshop with Wayfarer Entertainment for Lost in the Pines, a feature film script that she co-wrote and is currently working on bringing to life. So with that said, Asil, welcome to MaxCast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Great. So this is very exciting for us because so far in our journey, you know, we've had community leaders, entrepreneurs. Uh, we wanted to add a bit more diversity. And uh, lo and behold, we have a filmmaker in our backyard. So really excited about this. So I guess we can kick it off by saying, uh, you know, Tell us a, a bit more about yourself, Asil. You know, what sparked your love for film? Uh, was it at a young age or did you watch something and you said, this is exactly what I want to do? Yeah, so I'm I'm an actor, uh, writer, filmmaker. Um, and it, you're right, it was definitely sparked at a young age. Um, my parents, actually, they love telling the story. Uh, they always tell people that like when I was in preschool, I wouldn't eat breakfast unless I was watching Snow White. And then I would just spend the entire day telling everyone the story of Snow White and like bawl my eyes out when I got to the part where she was like poisoned by her evil stepmother. So it's like, you know, tell me you're an empath without telling me you're an empath. Um, but in all seriousness, I think when I was seven years old, I watched the first Harry Potter movie and um, I was like, oh my goodness, I want to make people feel the way that movie made me feel. And I just remember like at the time I didn't know what that was, but I remember feeling like I want to be Hermione. I want to bring stories to life. And, um, and I think ever since then, there was like this little voice in my head that's like, you know, maybe it's writing, maybe it's acting, maybe it's directing. And, and I kind of just followed that. And that's, that's kind of where it started. Wow. That's awesome. So early childhood love. Um, so you, you spoke by Harry Potter. Uh, did you watch the 20th year and sorry, is it 20th year anniversary they just had recently? I have not seen it okay. yet, which All is right. so heartbreaking, but I really want to. Okay, cool. I actually yeah. remember watching them in, in theaters as well, and uh, the Fandemonium, it was, it was crazy. And good for all of them. They've done quite well for themselves. They've done uh, very well, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, with that said, you know, are, are there, you know, any other, you mentioned Snow White, any other films, maybe different genres that you enjoy watching? And, you know, do you have any, like, role models in the industry, you know? And it doesn't have to be somebody, you know, Muslim you're trying to emulate. It could be anyone you, you try to look up to. 
Oh yeah, I have I have so many films. I do watch like I feel like a lot of the genres. I watch um everything. I think movies that have kind of impacted me recently were like um Little Women, Greta Gerwig's version of that. I really love Marriage Story. I really enjoyed Room with Brie Larson. Like that like broke my brain when I saw it. Um <laughs> and if I want like a good laugh, I'll like watch like Little Miss Sunshine. Um and I and I really liked Crazy Rich Asians, which is of course like such a great modern rom-com. Um, as for people who have inspired me, I feel like director Lena Khan, who directed The Tiger Hunter, uh, which I was lucky enough to intern for, she totally inspired me. She was like the first hijabi filmmaker that I saw doing this. And um, and just the way that she ran the set and her drive to make the movie really inspired me. Um, and then for other filmmakers, I would say like, Greta Gerwig, Ava DuVernay, Mindy Kaling, Reese Witherspoon. These are women who kind of like do like multiple roles and have like a big hand in the stories that they want to tell. And I just really appreciate the way that they portray women and um, like female complexities and, and nuances. So, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That's quite an influential list of women you just listed there. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, full disclosure, I'm a huge movie buff as well. But, you know, I'm like in that Martin Scorsese, Quentin Tarantino realm of uh, cinema. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I enjoy them from time to time as well. Um, nice. Absolutely. So, you know, let's talk about, you know, film as a career, as a profession. Uh, how do you deal with the pressures or the idea of entering an industry where nothing is really guaranteed, Basil? You know, I've, I've read stories of, you know, A-listers that just packed up their bags and just left for California and either they make it or they don't, but they're, you know, they're not going to have any regrets later in life. So how do you, how do you deal with that uncertainty? Oh gosh. I think like I've always had big dreams and like in the back of my mind, I'm like, my parents came to this country to give us a better life. I'm not, not going to follow my dreams. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it can be hard. Like I think in the beginning, really it was just like me having the confidence to do this because it's a huge risk and just to have like the audacity to pursue this yeah. is a big deal and um like in the beginning in university i started doing sciences and then um i was like i thought i could be like a doctor who writes and like soon enough i realized that was not going to be me um and so just kind of convincing my parents that this would be the best approach for me was a bit hard both my parents are doctors so <laughs> this oh, wow. is not yeah this is not a field that they know wow. um so that was kind of difficult and then but i that's i think kind of why i started doing journalism because they thought okay you can switch into that it's a skill you can get a job you're going to be fine and then I just started doing like little poetry videos and like little projects with my best friend, Naha. And um, I just like, it kind of, my confidence in the field grew. And after interning on Tiger Hunter and seeing Lena do it, I think it proved both to myself and my parents that it was possible. Like it, like it was actually like within the realm of imagination. So after that, um, I've kind of pursued it and my parents have been my biggest supporters. Alhamdulillah. So I'm so grateful, mashallah, for them. And I think like, you know, that's all fine kind of when you're young, but then when you're in your twenties and you're doing it and your friends are kind of like getting these careers that are amazing, mashallah, and they're climbing that ladder and, 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 you know, having like a steady income, it can be hard to like see all of that. And this field is so like, inconsistent I guess sometimes so um I don't know if that's the right word but um yeah so I think it just helps for me to read like 
other creatives and read about their journeys and see that it's a long and winding and difficult path sometimes. But if this is what you feel like you should be doing, then kind of just like work hard and grow and, and celebrate your small successes and keep going. No, Marshall, that's, that's amazing to hear. And, and you mentioned a lot of really cool points in there. One of them being, uh, you know, there is a lot of uncertainty, but there's also like paying your dues, so to speak, in the industry, right? Like nothing is handed to you. You have to earn it. You know, I look at someone like Riz Ahmed, you know, like he's just breaking out now, mm-hmm. but he's like, you know, early 40s, right? So it's like you grind, you scratch, and you climb, eventually you get there. So where do you think you are right now in that spectrum of entering the industry, paying your dues, or, hey, look at me, mom, I'm an A-list, or where do you think you are on that spectrum? I feel like I'm definitely paying my dues. Like I feel like I'm definitely learning and taking classes and I'm taking voice lessons and acting classes. And just like, you know, I do have an agent and she's been sending me out, but I'm doing like a whole bunch of self tapes and everything. And I'm writing consistently. I just finished the feature film script that I co-wrote and me and my partner are like pitching it out. So yeah, I'm definitely like, you know, putting in the work. (laughs) Yeah. That's, That's amazing to hear. Um, I, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned uh, the Tiger Hunter with Lena Khan, and I guess this is really early on as an internship. And you were in California for this? I, I did go to California for the set. Okay. Yeah, we so, were like uh, interned for her in pre-production remotely. Okay. So that was cool. And then on set, she was gracious enough to invite us. So for somebody who's never been on set and likely will never be on set, maybe you can walk us through like a day in the life of, you know, a seal when she's on set. Uh, with Tiger Hunter, for example, talk us about when you woke up, what you ate, how many hours you worked. I'm just genuinely curious. <laughs> that is so funny. Um, okay, so for Tiger Hunter, it was different because I was like the low, I was like a production assistant. You know what I mean? Like it was, um, which was great. So, but I, you know what's funny is that whether or not you're a production assistant or like an actor or a director, your mornings start the same. <laughs> so, um, well, your time, your time pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, basically, you know, I, you, you'd wake up like really, really early. Sometimes our call times would be like six, seven, whatever, whatever it was. And LA there's traffic. So I always have to leave like really early anyway. Um, but yeah, I had a granola bar. It was Ramadan at the time. So sometimes I had to hold. Yeah, but it it was it was a challenge. But alhamdulillah, like I the crazy thing was like at that time I didn't feel it. like it was just so much fun. Like I just loved it. Like it was hard work, sure, but I was like I'm so ecstatic to be here, and I was. And alhamdulillah, like I'm so grateful for that. Um, and it was the same on the card. Like we had very early art like call times, even though I was like an actor and director. Like I feel like you always have to be on the ball, just like everyone else. And um, you show up early, and I also would leave very late. So. <laughs> It's the same. No, it sounds like you're a sponge. You want to soak it all in. It's almost like a privilege to be there working with these people with experience. Um, that's crazy. I had no idea it can be that daunting and and, and that taxing. Um, but, you know, that's the labor of love, right? You're passionate about it. Absolutely. It definitely is a labor of love. Alhamdulillah, sometimes when you're, um, when you're acting and you're not there for a long time because maybe you're not like the lead or something, the days are shorter. So there's like, <laughs> there's, there are those times. Just to reiterate your your experience with uh, California, I, I love L.A. It's one of my favorite cities in the world. Uh, and inshallah, when I get the first chance, I'm going to go back. But they have the worst traffic congestion ever. It is annoying getting on their highways. Um, so, yeah, I, I totally I, I hear you on that. 
I, yeah, that is something I do not miss. <laughs> I, I do not miss it at all. Yes. So, so you mentioned, you know, you're still in the process of sending out your tapes and, and still trying to get the name out there. And inshallah, we hope this podcast helps you elevate your brand also. Uh, so in such a competitive industry, Asil, you know, how do you differentiate yourself? Like what is Asil's personal brand or, you know, competitive advantage? That's so interesting. I actually don't know. Like, cause in the beginning it was like, in the beginning I was a hijabi actor and I, you know, started doing poetry and photography and that kind of made me different. And, you know, I was doing, uh, I interned on the tiger hunter and I directed the card. So I felt like during 2014, 2016, there weren't a lot of hijabi people doing like hijabi women doing that. But now I feel like, mashallah, alhamdulillah, like it's been growing and there's so many of us. I mean, not so many, but there's more of us. And so I'm not sure what makes me different, but I know that I, that I just kind of try to be myself and put in the work um, and grow. So that's, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what my, what, what that is, but yeah. No, I, I'm sure you know it's in there. Now I'm sure we'll find <laughs> out by the end of this podcast. Uh, you, you just touched on this. You were wearing a hijab as an actress. Uh, you know, you mentioned that certainly come a long way since you entered the industry. But did you feel that you know there was at a time, uh, you know, um, a lot more difficulties for women like that to enter the industry? Like were they being typecasted? Uh, you know, what what's changed and what obstacles did you face when you were first entering? I think the obstacle, like the biggest obstacle has always just been like the lack of opportunity. Um, I have noticed that it's gotten better, which is amazing because, you know, representation is growing. Um, but I think that still kind of continues to be the biggest obstacle. Okay. And um, how do we solve that? Because, you know, representation really matters, Asil. You know, be it on the big screen, be it in sports, you know, be it in any facet of life. Uh, and, you know, we're going to get to a lot of the great work you're doing with, you know, representing women in the industry. But do you think there's like a, like a way to improve the situation? Maybe, you know, uh, enlighten people or, you know, like anything else they can do to kind of find their path in the industry as well? That is a great question and a big question. I don't know if I'm like the the person to answer this, but um, I will say for me, I think just like giving opportunities for people when you can, helping them break in. Um, I recently watched the show Insecure and I watched like the behind the scenes documentary and Issa Rae talks about how she was looking for people who were black and who needed a break in the industry. And I thought, oh, what a great approach to like how to hire people for your for your TV show because you can give them a break and you can... Um, give them the opportunities that they need. So I think that's a huge thing. And I am seeing um, more workshops now um, for like emerging people and they're they're looking for representation and diversity and all of that. And I think that's amazing. I also have to give props to the Muslim Public Affairs Council and Suabedi. And she she's really helped me a lot. And she they help so much with representing Muslims on screen and, and how Hollywood represents Muslims. And um, I, I have to give props because I think that the work that they're doing is amazing. And I did one of the workshops uh, with Wayfair and it was phenomenal. So, yeah. That's awesome. No, great to hear. Okay, so let's go back to the short film, The Card. I, I recently watched it. Very, very interesting. I, I think lots of valuable life lessons in there. And then I read... Have you seen that Will Ferrell movie? Um, I think it's called uh, Jackie. He, he, I think he's Jackie Moon, and he's the coach 
player and owner of a basketball team. And that kind of reminded me of you with the card where you're the writer, director, and the actor on set. So do you, do you prefer one role over the other? And, and what would you say is the skill set required to kind of excel in each you know, facet? Oh my God, that's so awesome. I have not seen that movie, but now I'm going to check it out. <laughs> um, I love all the roles, to be honest with you. There's like upsides and challenges to all of them, but I do like all of them. And I think it just kind of depends on the project for which one I would take on. Um, as for the skill set, it, it depends on each role. So um, for writing, I think, first of all, I think all of these roles, there's like a technical aspect to them. And then there's like the play and artistry aspect. So, you know, for writing, it's like, um, there's the play aspect of like, sometimes dialogue and, and the heart of the story and what you want to say. And then there's like the technical aspect of like, did you hit the right beats at the right time? And is, does the audience believe you? And what's the structure? So, and all of these things, like, I think you can learn and practice and it's fine. Um, I think for writing, I would say, because it's actually really hard, I think discipline is really important and just showing up and doing that vomit draft and then rewriting it because writing is in the rewriting as everyone says um and i think for like taking feedback um if you get feedback i think i've learned that like it's important to kind of investigate why they're saying the way what they said about it rather than what their solution is because sometimes like the root of someone's problem is actually correct. Maybe their just solution doesn't work for you, but you're the writer, you can come up with your own solution. So that's something that I would say to kind of learn to take. Um, and then for directing, I feel like directing is a real juggling act because you're trying to do everything all at once. You've got the, the crew, the cast, the actors, the camera, um, and you know, you have to have the big picture and then also be like very focused on like the intricate thing that's right in front of you. So, um, I think just having really good leadership skills and really good collaboration skills is really important. And also knowing the message that you want to say and how you want to do that. Like, what is your take on the story? Um, because that will inform everything. And then also just being really collaborative in that as well. Okay, so I guess then, your response, sorry, kind of segues yeah. into the next question really is, what are the messages you're trying to send? What is the theme that you're trying to, you know, build around as you're directing a, a short or a movie? Um, that's, uh, what is the theme? Okay, so I think the theme kind of just depends on the story. So it depends on the characters and really like what the journey that the, I think that the journey that the character has is is going to be the thing that kind of informs the theme. You know what I mean? So um, it depends. And I think now I'm gravitating more towards stories that are about um, women who kind of like are growing to find their confidence and their worth and things like that without thinking too much about like the features that I'm working on now. That's kind of what I'm, what I'm kind of doing. Um, for the card, it was different. For the card, it was... Um, I mean, maybe not that different. Yeah, a little different. It was, for the card, it was more about this woman who's, I, you know, named Karen. And I didn't know that that was going to be such a huge famous thing a few years later. But I named her Karen. And it was kind of exploring um, what would make someone make a negative assumption about someone else. You know, like, what would drive someone to that? Is it, and, and especially when they're stressed or dealing with, with their own trust issues, um, I actually wrote the film without a hijabi at first because I wanted to explore that it could work 
And then I added a hijabi in there to also explore the question, is it prejudice? You know, is it, is it, is it that? And I think being, um, you know, where being a hijabi and being a visible minority, sometimes I do wonder if maybe that's why people treat me sometimes the way that they do. And I think that you won't know the answer and that's why it's kind of unanswered in the film. Um, because these are the questions that sometimes people carry around with them, you know? Yeah, I, I kind of wish at the end Karen did get up and apologize, but I, I, I enjoyed the cliffhanger nevertheless. It was it was the, the self-realization, I think that was the message uh, yes. I, I think you were trying to send in. And Marshall, it was beautifully done. Uh, I love the, the barista too, the guy, the awkward guy behind the counter. Yes. That was, that was a fun little add-on. Um, Thank you. Yeah, uh, and I got the name of the movie. It's called Semi-Pro. Okay. So if you have some time, you know, check it out. It's with Will Ferrell. He's one of my favorite actors, actually. Amazing. I'll definitely check it out. Cool. Um, so, you know, working with directors and, and accepting roles as an actor that are presented to you or your agent, uh, I think I may have touched on this. Do you feel like even now in this day and age, you're being typecasted into certain roles where you're not able to show your full range as an actor? Um, I feel like I've done like a variety of roles and I hope to do more that show like my range and everything like that. Um, again, like I feel like it's, it's almost hard to answer because there's just not that much opportunity. So for there to be an opportunity that also shows range and to be multiple opportunities that show range is like hard, but I am seeing that grow more, which is really exciting. So I hope that that, that becomes a thing and I can do more roles that show more range. No, absolutely. Inshallah. We hope that's the case for yourself and, and, and women and Muslim women across the industry as well. That's, that's great to hear. Um, so you've gotten, you know, a lot of attention, media attention from CBC and the Riveter called you. And I read the, the, the title and it just, I had to read it. The hijab wearing actress that you should know. Uh, really happy for you. So how has this attention, you know, changed your career or, or, you know, pushed you to be the very best version of yourself? Oh, gosh. Well, first of all, it's very nice of them to call me that. <laughs> it's very kind. Um, I honestly just try to be worthy of it, to be honest with you. Like, I just try to, I just take classes and grow and better myself. And um, yeah, I, that's, yeah, <laughs> that's what I try to do. No, that's, that's amazing. So does it like add reassurance? Does it validate all the hard work that you've put in? Like so many people are now taking notice of your, you know, the time and effort and now you're being featured. It must be pretty reassuring. It must feel pretty good, right? <laughs> oh, I think it gives me hope that like maybe, maybe I can, you know what I mean? Like maybe I can grow to earn that. Maybe I can do that. So it feels, it feels nice. I feel like it's just, you know, I, I feel very grateful and I just hope to like earn that inshallah. So yeah. Inshallah. inshallah that's great to hear. Um, narratives storytelling very important uh you know for minorities for diversity you know do you feel currently there's a, a lack of muslim narrative on the big screen and and how they're represented i know you mentioned there aren't that many opportunities but more importantly asil why is it so important to tell our stories and have voice uh especially in a society that's as diverse as ours yeah, I think it's super important. And um, yeah, there, there's just not a lot of Muslim narratives right now. They're growing, alhamdulillah. But um, I think it's so important because I feel like we are such a diverse community and we've got so many backgrounds and, and we have so many stories. We're such a rich community. 
Um, and I feel like TV and movies, it creates culture. You know what I mean? Like we connect to what we see and we value those stories and we deem them as important. So I think that to have Muslim stories on the screen is so important because um, we need to know that we're part of the culture. We're part of the community. We're important. We feel we want to feel valued. We want to feel like the heroes of our own lives, especially because we've been villainized for so long by the media. So it feels um, very important, also very important for other people to see us as the heroes and connect to us as well, um, because that's art. It's 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 how we connect to others. And um, I think that's that's really important. Wow, mashallah, that was so beautifully put. Like, you just, I, was, I was so engaged in what you were saying. And you really hit it on the head. Like, you know, we're, you know, I'm an auditor, you know, I look at taxes, but we pay the same amount of taxes. People are equal, right? So they have, uh, you know, uh, their own narratives, their own exciting stories. And, and the thing is, we have a lot of cultural diversity as well. You know, I'm, I'm Pakistani, you're from another country, right? And there's so many stories that we can tell you know, tales from our time growing up in other countries, right? So I think there's lots of opportunity out there, Asil, and I really hope there's, you know, a path uh, or something more tangible where people can take advantage, maybe like you, like internships or or something that people can take advantage of and enter the industry altogether. Um, so, you know, you, you mentioned that you do want to be, you know, a catalyst for creating opportunities for women in the industry. Uh, is there anything, are there any goals you set for yourself or any programs you'd like to deploy to, to help women? Oh, I, I hope to do whatever I can. Um, so right now, like I, in my writing, I try to write like Muslim female characters, mostly because that's what I gravitate towards, but also because I hope that it opens the doors to Muslim actors. Um, and I try to like, hmm, what else do I try to do? Let me think about this. I feel like when choosing people to work with, I try to choose people that could tell the story best. And oftentimes that is Muslims because that could be like the background that I'm writing. Um, and I think that I, I was really inspired by Lena Khan on the Tiger Hunter and what she gave to us and her team of interns. And I hope to be able to pay that forward. Um, cause I think that it definitely changed my life and how I saw myself and I hope to be able to do, to do that and give people that experience. Um, and I try to be there for a lot of female, uh, hijabi actors who reach out to me. Um, they always ask for advice and I try to just, you know, tell them all that I can about headshots and agents and classes and, and auditions and all that stuff. So yeah, I hope to be able to do more though in the future, inshallah. That's that's great. Is that a very expensive process? Because I, I'm not I, I'm not in the industry. Like hiring an agent and then getting your videos out there, uh, is, is that something anyone can do, or like you need to have a bit of capital to engage in in, in that kind of um, recruitment? Um, I don't think it's expensive. I think there are workarounds. Okay. So my first pair of headshots were free. I had a friend okay. do them. Um, now they're very expensive. Like headshots could be very, very expensive, but I just had them redone. I had another friend do them. I have my own camera and I got them edited online and it cost me $40. Okay. But I think like people can pay like 500 to a thousand dollars, like on headshots. Like it can be a very expensive things, but it, there are workarounds. Um, an agent should be free. They only get a percentage of the jobs that you book. So if you're having an agent ask you for money up front, that's a red flag. <laughs> So they only get a percentage of the jobs that you book. Um, so yeah, self tapes. I again, like I have a camera, so it's kind of it. It doesn't cost me anything to do for auditions or anything like that. It can get expensive if I have to go to Toronto or things like that. Um, but yeah, usually it's it's not bad. 
So that was actually a very cool point you mentioned about red flags. And I think a, mm. lot, a lot of our listeners may be aspiring, you know, uh, you know, artists. Like, is there any anything else you want to tell them, Asil? Like, things that you went through? Like, hey, no, don't fall for that trap. Or no, don't do that. Like, I think people would love to hear from, from your experience. That's a really good question. I, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I did not know about the agents, by the way. I, I thought oh, really? you, you pay them a fixed amount, they represent you, and okay, that's not the case. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> uh, that's crazy. Yeah, I'm not sure. But I will say this, follow your gut. Um, yeah, just, just be aware. Always be careful. Uh, look up who you're gonna be working with. Look up their previous work. Look up their style. Um, watch what you can about them if, it, if you can. Um, but yeah, there have been times where I've kind of like been like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if this is maybe the correct thing to do. So, and I've kind of like backed away from a project like that before. Just, just be aware. <laughs> just, yeah, do your research. I, I don't want to pry too much, but what kind of scenario was that? Was that just something that didn't agree with your values or it was just something that? It was just something that I was like, I don't even know if this is like worth my time i don't know if this is if, if it's going to be like portraying muslims in like a fetishy way oh, um okay. so i was like i don't i don't know okay so be mindful of the people you're be mindful especially when starting out because it's easy to be caught up in these things like i was talking about something like very 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 indie so um yeah it's mostly those things <laughs> So do you get access to scripts and stuff too? Like when you're, um, you know, auditioning for a role, do you get like the entire script or just certain parts of the script that you'd like to act out or no? No, I only get, they're called sides. So they're only like the few pages that you have in your audition that you're filming. Okay. So it could be like three, four pages and that's all I know. And then I get like the little character description. Oh, that's so cool. I did not know that. We're learning yeah. so much about the industry from you. Oh, no way. All the yeah. hacks. <laughs> that's awesome. And, and you, you obviously memorize all the sides or, you know, can you look down? You, I do. I do memorize all the sides. I have this little memorization technique that I learned on YouTube, which I swear by because, alhamdulillah, it's worked for me. But I basically write the first letter of every word down on a piece of paper, and then I just read from that. So that's how I memorize. Um... But I've been told that, like, you can bring in your pages during the audition and have them with you. I've personally found that sometimes acting with my pages is difficult because I use my hands a lot. So, um, but yeah, so I, 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 I prefer to be off book if I can be. Um, so, yeah. That's actually really cool. I don't think I can do that, though. The first letter of uh, make like an acronym or like a song out of it or something. And then it just kind of runs in your head. <laughs> yeah. You know, people used to tell me like memorization is a skill. You'll get better at it. And I'm like, I don't believe you. But it's actually true. Like after a few after a few times, it does. It is a skill. You do get better. <laughs> well, uh, that's, that's wonderful to hear. Wow. I'm, I'm learning agents. I'm learning sides. I'm learning California is not a good place for traffic. This is, this is amazing for, for a lot of listeners here. Um, any, any, anything else you want to tell people like right now, just to be wary of, to watch out for? I think that's good. I yeah, think, good I, yeah, I, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, that's more than you bargained for. That's beautiful. <laughs> Uh, so we are nearing uh, towards the tail end of our interview, and Asil, this has been enlightening, very eye-opening, and you know, Marshall, you're doing such amazing work, and 
all you know all of us we wish you the very very best you you touched on this you know you know what advice i'm sure you know you're very active on social media there's there's like young younger generations reaching out to you for advice uh you know on on entering the film or media industry obviously you went through professional training you have the schooling to go through that path but is there always one path a seal like like i'm a cpa you know and i love movies like what advice would you give somebody who is trying to venture into the industry, but they're just not sure. Oh my gosh. First of all, there is, there's like a zillion paths that, and, and it's your life and you get to choose the path that you want and don't compare your path to anyone else's because no two paths are the same ever. Like, so that was something that I learned. Um, and I think that just do it. Like, that's kind of like the biggest thing I think you'll learn. So start writing, start directing, you know, putting out these little things, find your tribe, find your friends, whatever, and put out these little videos, start acting anything you can and um, make those opportunities for yourself and start putting them out there. I think that's really important. And just, just begin and know that you're going to hear a lot more no's than yeses. And there's going to be, you know, it's sometimes hard to, to finally to feel like rewarded or to feel a reward. But I feel like if this is what you want to do, then continue and keep at it and keep learning and growing. And inshallah, like you'll feel fulfilled. Great. That's very good advice. Thank you. Um, so when you look back at your career someday, inshallah, a long successful career, you know, what do you want your legacy to be? You know, what is the end goal for a seal when she looks back at her beautiful career? Um, ooh, I feel like, I hope, inshallah, that people can say, like, I was kind and a good person and nice to work with um, and that they enjoyed working with me. Um, but I think for my work, um, I think that, like, I hope to make Muslims and women and people feel valued and, and seen um, and that... I hope that they feel like they are important in their community. And I know it sounds really cliche, but I hope that they know that they're they're not alone and they matter. So I my work can speak to that, then that's what I hope. No, that's that's outstanding. And you know, we usually like to kind of end it off with that part because that's like a takeaway, kind of like homework for our listeners, right? Like what are tangible steps they can take to follow or emulate a seal to kind of, you know, get to where you are, right? Because mashallah, you've set you've set a bar. And I'm sure there's going to be people out there that are looking up to you, people out there that will follow you. I know we're going to be following you. And, you know, we certainly wish you all the very, very best. Uh, you know, for those who don't know, if people do want to follow and learn you, how can they get in contact with the SEAL? Um, I think I'm on, like, all the things, like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. But I think I'm most active on Instagram. So uh, my handle is at Asimusa. Okay. And then for my work, you can check out asimusa.com. Outstanding. Well, Lucille, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. I know it's really cold outside, but try to make the most of your Saturday. Uh, and we, we really enjoyed the conversation. I think it was very enlightening, and I think we're going to get great feedback from this. Uh, so thank you for your time, Lucille. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. No problem. So this concludes yet another edition of MaxCast. Our goal will always be to bring you more guests that are leaving a positive footprint in our communities and truly elevating the brand of Muslims. For next time, my name is Daniel Sardar. Assalamualaikum, everyone. <laughs>